Hello and welcome to the second season of the Classical Guitar LPs podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Powell. I'd like to take a brief moment just to tell all the listeners out there, thank you for your listenership. I'd like to invite you, if you are so able, to consider donating and supporting the Classical Guitar LPs podcast. You can do that very simply by going to anchor.fm slash powellguitar. Funds will be used to upgrade equipment and invest in the Classical Guitar LP library that I can choose from, and I simply thank you for your consideration. We'll be right back, and we'll get right to it. For this first episode of the second season, we will be listening to The World of the Spanish Guitar. The guitarist's name is Narciso Epes, and I think it's worth mentioning that, to me, the first thing I think of when I think of Narciso Epes playing is I think of a 10-string guitar. That's sort of an avenue that I think that many guitarists of my own generation, uh, maybe the Generation X guitarists, uh, would probably think of him. And so, to me, it's comforting and sort of refreshing to to hear a recording of him just on the traditional six-string guitar. We've got some traditional war horses uh, speaking of that. And everybody who is anybody has played or studied uh, most of these pieces. And so, I think that his interpretations of these pieces is really quite cool and, and exciting. For the first number, the Shoro, number one by Hector Villalobos, what we hear, I think, is someone, maybe Narciso Epes himself, uh, driving through the streets rather of uh, Rio de Janeiro, and I can sort of imagine, you know, slamming on the accelerator and then pumping the brake, slamming on the accelerator, pumping the brake. His interpretation is pretty cool. It's kind of it's kind of jagged and, and jarring, but uh, totally cool the way he does it. And so then we go into uh, uh, the prelude number one by the same composer, Hector Villalobos, and, and I've heard it said before that this is one of the most recorded pieces of guitar music and I suppose now uh, I suppose now with all of the social networking and the in-home video advances I bet that's absolutely true because the piece is technically not as hard uh, to play as uh, something like Asturias or, or something like that or Koyun Baba uh, and I and and I, I bet that is completely true at this point now and I just want to say wonderful wonderful beautiful tone uh, on that opening melody narciso my goodness it's a dark and beautiful sound and, and really really thick and round and those are some of the adjectives that come to mind with that i do think that his vibrato is interesting uh sometimes you hear a singer uh and you hear them sing along and then all of a sudden they really do that squirrely sort of vibrato sound and that's maybe what we have a little bit happening with him uh, it's kind of a kind of a cool thing very very unique one thing you start to hear from this performer Epes is towards the end of of a piece of music he seems to sort of over staccato and overemphasize the final notes in a phrase with this bup, 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 bup type of idea and that's that's a unique spin on things in in my time uh, playing guitar uh, my first my first formal classical lessons were back in 1991 I, I don't know that I can say I've ever heard of that interpretation uh, but it was it was certainly original uh, to hear that and, and you'll hear that on another piece here as well uh, then we go into recuerdos de Alhambra um, I've studied his recording of, of this piece before, in, in, meaning that I've listened to it to see what his interpretations and his feel were like. And I think 
I think that I heard it on the digitized version. And so what, what I'm getting at is I'm not saying that it was digitally sped up or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not saying Vinnie Vincent uh, with him on that. I'm just saying that it sounds a lot better when you have the pitch of the LP go down to concert pitch. Uh, there is tremolo sounds a lot better because with my with my CD recordings, I I don't like his tremolo. On the record, when I can get it into concert pitch, what's on the score, it sounds dynamite. It's really really awesome, and so it's a it's a great sound. Once again, at the very end of Recuerdos, he has that sort of staccato last several notes interpretation thing going on. It it's cool. I mean, like I say, it's it's really not. It's not something I've ever heard before. To me, it was completely original. Now, I say that, and this record was made in 1971, so it's not like it's a new thing. It's new to my ear. Very, very refreshing. Uh, absolutely love the interpretation of Capriccio Arabe, uh, the Tarega piece. I love that piece. I'm a sucker for it. I love hearing everyone's different interpretations on it. Again, with Narciso, what you hear is what's on the page. So he's not... I don't think he's doing any sort of inappropriate a cello rondo or th- something like that. He just plays it really well, and the rhythms are what's on the on the page. Uh, tracks five and six, Torina. If you're a Torina lover, you're probably going to enjoy these pieces of music. Uh, about the only performer that makes that music by that composer uh come alive to me is pepe romero um the music of torina i i'm not sure what it is about it it's just it is not my thing um so i, I would like to just say i i think he plays well and i'll, I'll leave it at that uh madronos great great piece of music uh, by toroba and uh i, I all in all, a great first side uh, for this treasury of, of the, excuse me, the world of the Spanish guitar from the treasury uh, series on the London records. Uh, what I wanted to say was I do hear some differences in the recording techniques. So it's obvious to me that this was uh, compiled from different uh, records along the time and so different settings. And, and you to my ear, you can really hear the differences uh, in in whatever setup those were. Now, whether that's microphones or whether it's microphone placement, I I really don't know. Uh, maybe he was using different strings, different guitars. Who who knows? In any case, I think you'll notice that the actual sound that our ears get to hear uh, with this first side are is a little bit different there. So, enjoy the first side of the world of the Spanish guitar, Narciso Epes, and uh, this is Classical Guitar LPs podcast.
Again, we thank you for listening to the Classical Guitar LPs podcast. We're continuing on with uh, side two of the world of the Spanish guitar by Narciso Epis. And as I was doing the listening to this recording, it did strike me, as I had mentioned before, that I I really only know of Narciso Epis as a 10-string performer. And so I, I... looked him up. He was born in 1927 and and Narciso dies in 1997. And so during that time, you know, the guitar really goes through a lot of, a lot of change. You know, I suppose, I suppose when he is a young man, he is dealing with the change of moving from the traditional gut string. If he started in his teens and moving towards uh, the nylon string that came around during the advent of World War II, that sort of uh, accidental discovery by the DuPont Company, which turned into what we all now use for our guitar strings. And that's an avenue I may explore at a later date uh, in, a, in a subsequent show. But uh, anyway, and literally every photo of the guy is showing him uh, as an older gentleman playing on the 10 string guitar that's just what i see in my mind's eye but uh certainly certainly in 1971 uh he would have been in his 50s so not necessarily that terribly old and so anyway just some commentary i guess about uh the performer on the recording and so we continue on with uh variations on a theme from the magic flute it's stunning great performance love love the guys playing again he plays what's on the page you know some of the players that you hear play this do so much rubato and so much um you know and then then i've been i've been going down this road of he's playing on the page then he'll do some sort of real different turn and really do like those staccato type things at the end of a phrase and and that's not on the page of course so I guess I am speaking out of both corners of my mouth when I say that it's just something that I find really really refreshing we have four Albanese uh, pieces on this recording we've got Torre Bermeja uh, Sweet Española number one, Granada. Sweet Española number five, Asturias. And so Asturias, of course, is probably the most iconic piece for us as classical guitarists. Remember, we must always remember that that piece of music was originally written for the piano uh, to sound like a guitar. And of course, that's become uh, uh, just really the piece to play if you're a classical guitar player still to this day. We finish out the recording with uh, Manuel de Faya, the three-cornered hat from the Miller's Dance. And so all in all, I think this is a, a great recording. I would highly recommend that you own it either in digital format or on record yourself. Uh, from the London Treasury series, The World of the Spanish Guitar, 1971 by Narcisco Epes. It really has opened a door to me to to think of his playing in a different manner, Um like I had alluded to before, I think with with him playing on the ten string guitar for me, I, it just instantly goes into sort of a different category of classical guitar playing, and and frankly, um, 
uh, th- this this was great for me to learn about and to find. I'm glad I found it in my stack of material and hope you've enjoyed it too. So uh, please, uh, if you are just discovering us for, for the first time, tell a friend about the Classical Guitar LPs podcast. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. And I hope to have my next episode out in the next couple of weeks. I've got my eye on a couple of recordings. And as always, happy playing, happy listening, and thank you for listening to the Classical Guitar LPs podcast. See you later.
Thank you. 